Welcome back to Somewhere in Missouri. This week, I sit down with a local basketball trainer and business owner, Dakota Webb. We talk about everything from giving up stability to pursue your passion, how navigating adversity and playing to your strengths can adapt your mindset for success, and the importance of market research in business development, and the importance of market research in business development. Enjoy the episode. Bet. I'm Dakota Webb with Pure Sweat Basketball. I'm a coach, lives here in Southwest Missouri. I'm originally from Southwest Missouri, and uh, my wife and I just moved back here about a year and a half ago. Um, we were in Denver about four years prior. Oh, cool. Yep. But um, that's me, man. Uh, I live in the gym just about all day, every day. <laughs> I'm not in the gym. I'm at home studying film. What, what do you kind of do uh, on a daily? I mean, especially because you know you, you talk about obviously you're, you're involved with basketball, but right. what, what is your what is your business? By trade, I'm a trainer, I guess would be the best way to say it. So no different than like having a personal trainer at the gym to get fit, you know. Um, I'm a skills trainer, skills coach, various different names for it. I got about five years of high school coaching under my belt um, where I did coach for schools and I would do this on the side. Um, Maybe coach like AAU basketball, things of that nature as well. But this kind of, you know, turned into like the main thing I do, you know what I mean? I like found a passion for it and then got busy enough with it where something had to go. And, you know, I decided to step away from high school coaching. Didn't really have any interest in teaching, um, it turns out. <laughs> and I, I, think, I, I, do I, I still think I would enjoy teaching for a lot of the same reasons I like coaching. But, it, you know, it, it became evident that I wanted to coach basketball right. and that teaching was just going to be a means to an end. And that's not my style, right? So it, I'm not I'm not risk adverse by any means. Um, it makes way more sense to some people to have that salary yeah. and that benefit that teachers get. For me, like I just want to live in the gym, right? So um, if I'm not in the gym working out players, which could look like working out teams, it could be small group um, academy workouts um, where like clients come to me, and you know I work them out with similar skill levels, similar ages, what have you, or it could be one on one with a pro college player, what have you. Um, what, what was that kind of a catalyst that, I mean, you mentioned, you know, that you did do some high school, high school coaching, mm-hmm. but you also kind of had, had a thing on the side, you know, right. you, uh, what, what happened that made you able to pivot to kind of give up that, that, so to speak, nine to five, that, mm-hmm. that stability and structure for then what you really wanted to do, regardless right. of the risk and regardless of, of obviously you'd have to work harder at mm-hmm. it. Um, I think, you know, I built a safety net. And it wasn't much of one. <laughs> Basically, as soon as I could pull the plug on yeah. everything else, I did. But, um, you know, when we were out in Colorado is when I started coaching, right? So I, I played a couple years of college basketball before that. Um, didn't turn out too well. Like, turns out that I, I got way distracted doing other things, mm-hmm. as many freshmen and sophomores yeah. do in college. Um, but once I got into coaching, you know, at first, like I said, I thought I wanted to teach. Um, and then I started some camps in the summer. Some of those people wanted to, you know, work out with me additionally. That's kind of where I fell into it. I didn't even know, like, there were guys that did that for a living. Um, you know, just quote-unquote skill development. Yeah. But whenever we moved back kinda here. Kind of like a freelance almost. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we were looking at moving back, though. Like, cost of living in Denver is pretty high. Oh, yeah. Right? And we wanted to start our family. My wife and I got married young. I was 21. She was 20. 
Uh, we knew we wanted to be together, so we just <laughs> went ahead and did it, right? And that's kind of our style, right? And, um, you know, we decided we want to start a family, want to have our daughter. Um, and to do that, you know, my wife has always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom until they're in school and then, you know, do her yeah. career again. You know, so she wanted to press pause on her career. I didn't want to live in Denver on a single income. <laughs> yeah, that would be, so, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there was so, a big boom uh, a couple years ago for, yeah. for some reason. Oh my God, I don't know why. No telling. <laughs> but um, whenever we looked at moving back here, you know, originally we were going to wait out our lease and then do that, right? But then we found somebody to sublease and it kind of happened really quick. Yeah. And so it was super stressful on my wife. She was like seven and a half months pregnant Ooh, at this yeah. point. Um, but I went ahead and moved us in with my parents. Just, you know, kind of you know, swallowed my pride yeah. and um, and I was like, you know what, this is what's gonna make sense in the long term, it's gonna suck right now, but I'm gonna do it. So we moved back here, right? And I got a coaching job literally two days after we moved here with a high school. Um, and then like the plan was they were gonna have me in the building, right? Well, the position they thought they were gonna give me didn't work out. Uh -oh. So all of a sudden I'm looking for a job. So I did some landscaping jobs that summer. We moved back in, a, in like mid-May 17. So I did some landscaping jobs, kind of make ends meet start saving some cash. And then um, that position fell through, so I was like not sure what I was gonna do. Well, through one of the clients I trained, um, you know, it turns out his dad owns a really successful company in this area, uh, Jackson Brothers actually. And um, it was gonna require me getting up at 1.30 every day to, in order to like get off whenever I wanted to mm -hmm. and able to be able to coach and like, you know, make it to practice go coach games at night, those right, things. Yeah, yeah, that, that compromise. Um, but you know, the pay was good and it made sense. So I was like, this is what I'm gonna do right now. This is how I'm gonna save cash. And it sucks right now, but I'm gonna do it. And so like, I would get up, get out of bed at 1.30 every day, drive about 45 minutes from where my parents live out in the sticks just to get to Springfield. And then I would work until noon or one. I'd go home, get cleaned up. Sometimes I didn't even go home. I would just go get cleaned up at the rec center. I would coach some clients, or if it was during the season, I would go to practice and coach practice. If it was a game day, I would go coach that game. If we were on the road, I might not get home until 11 or midnight, and then I'd be back at it at yeah, 1.30 the real, next Yeah, day. work more, yeah. Basically, Mentality. and so like, from there, like, I just built up a little bit of, a, of an egg, I guess. Like we First and foremost, we got out that. <laughs> I love my parents to death, but we got out the house <laughs> and uh, you know, got our space and we did that reasonably. Like we're just renting right now mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to, I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm something I'm not. I don't ever want to front or floss or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like Whatever the kids say these whatever days. Whatever they're yeah. doing, right? <laughs> I'm around them too often, so I start speaking like them. Um, but basically, you know, I got us into our own place and then saved up some more money. And then, um, you know, about a year ago now, I pulled the plug and I was like, you know what? If I didn't make a single dime for six months, we'd have enough money. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on myself that I can take what I've already started because I was already training on the side and kind of starting with an initial clientele, which even though I'm from here, nobody knew me as a coach. Everybody remembered me as a player mm -hmm. and I hadn't lived here in six years. So I had to start a clientele from scratch. Um, so I felt like, you know what? I'm gonna bet on myself. Let's see what we do. Yeah. And, um, you know, here we are. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I kind of have a, I mean, I grew up in Springfield and I have mm -hmm. a similar uh, story of, you know, I, I got out of Springfield. I traveled a lot. Uh, a lot of my time was spent in, in either Las Vegas or St. Louis. I was about, I was downtown St. Louis about four or so years uh, before kind of like, you know, a lot of my friends were leaving uh, uh, the area for other opportunities. And the kind of the stars aligned to come back down here. 
but really I, it was supposed to be just as a pit stop and I too you know I crashed with my parents for a bit just trying to figure out yeah. do I, did I want to go back to Vegas did I want to kind of stay here and you know uh, one thing you know uh, led to another mm -hmm. and I've been here I've been back here now about three years mm -hmm. uh, and I mean even just over the our, our email correspondence it sounds like you have a very interesting backstory uh, would you mind kind of sharing some of that as far as how overcoming that kind of adversity right. kind of helped helped shape you into uh, how you are now that that led you to down this road of where you're you know a very you know that that hustle harder mentality of mm -hmm. doing what you have to do to pursue your passion yeah of course um, first and foremost like I'm always quick to like whenever I meet players for the first time or whenever I start like a like this last weekend I went to an event and you know, led development for a couple hundred players. And the first thing out of my mouth was, hey, if you guys want to know who I train, what my backstory is, go check Instagram, I'm there too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always quick to like remind them that they're what matters in that setting. Now that being said, I wouldn't be where I am today without like the perspectives I've been blessed right. with. Or like those things I've had to go through. Yeah, kind of a, kind of a rosebud yeah. moment. So, yeah. so you're 100%, you know, dead on when it comes to that. So. Um, I guess it, it all really starts when I was seven months old. Um, my my biological father was um, actually killed at that point in time. Oh wow! Right? Yeah, and it was it was a you know a late night thing. There's there's multiple stories to it, um, but that's neither here nor there. All that really matters is I didn't really know him. Yeah. Obviously, um, so I grew up with my mom. Um, I'm the only child at that point, right? And um, her boyfriend at the time, and her boyfriend had a couple kids. And um, let me let me preface by saying that they've both really come around. I'm, you know, I'm super proud of both mm -hmm. of them. Um, they've kind of rebuilt their lives. But at the time, a lot of drug abuse, a lot of alcohol abuse, a lot of physical abuse. And this in the was household. here in Springfield, growing up, right? Um, in in the area, yeah, in the we area. were out of town actually, um, out in out in the country a little okay. bit, but um, no more than 30 minutes away. So that's kind of like what I knew the first eight and a half, nine years of my life right is you know things slamming against the wall yeah. people screaming at each other me being locked in a bathroom so i didn't oh, get wow. hurt like things like that right and kind of those things that that yeah put you in a position to go uh mm -hmm. two very different directions yeah now the irony of it all is as far as me and my mom went i was the spoiled child right and i was a really good student really good athlete and my mom it was almost twisted and <laughs> like i was spoiled in such a way that i it turns out that I didn't think I could make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I didn't really know that until like retrospect when I was out of the house, right? Which, you know, cops came one day when I was almost nine and took me out of the house and split us all up. And oh, we, wow. we ended up in foster care. They ended up in jail. And, um, you know, I spent a couple months in different foster homes, kind of bouncing around mm -hmm. Southwest Missouri. And then um, my deceased father, he only had one sibling, which was my aunt. And um, they, ended up taking me in, right? And I lived with my aunt and uncle and my two cousins who were very close to me in age, right? So I went from this really rough, like, and tumble, like, no values. Like, I literally never had a sit-down meal. Um, you know, things of that nature that I didn't have, like, a winter coat, things like yeah. that. <laughs> like, just, like, I came from a household with very so little things values. That some people very much take take for granted. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Um, very little values and very little like right and wrong and ethics and th things of that nature. Um, and then I end up in the country with my aunt and uncle in a very strict conservative mm -hmm. household. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
two completely a different side Very of the coin different. There, and, yeah. I, and I didn't adjust well at first, and they were frustrated with me as they as I'm sure I would be, right. you know, looking back in hindsight. Um, but you know, like lived there for three years, and um, you know, I think I did my best being a 9, 10, 11 year old kid. Kind of that, that time when we're right. developing our attitudes but not yeah. de developing how to control right. them. It was, it was weird, you know, like, it was just, I'm sure it was hard for them. They were going through stuff with their family where they were trying to, you know, make ends meet and, and, and my uncle had some stuff going on with work and they had things going on with their marriage that I'm sure I didn't help right. bringing me and extra stress into the house. But all I know is like one day whenever I, like right after I turned 12, um, one day my aunt comes to me and she says, you know, hey, we've had the adoption paperwork for a few months But we can't bring ourselves to sign it like, you know, we're gonna you're gonna have to pack some stuff We're gonna send you out. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is weird to tell a 12 year old. <laughs> yeah that, yeah. Um, and, and to this day like, you know that happened. Um, I moved out October 29th 2004. I remember it was like, like it was yesterday mm -hmm. and um, it was funny because yeah, I remember distinctly like flashes of there. There was a day where she was upset with me there towards the end. And you know, like I said, they had stress. But I remember her like taking a butcher knife to my football and my basketball and saying like, "This is what I think of your sports." Mm. You know, what I mean? and, and and it was odd because I was also like a straight A student. Yeah. Other parents would would always talk highly of me whenever I would like go stay with my friends and stuff. Like so, it was yeah. the things that you think they would nurtured. Yeah, like looking back on it, I'm, I'm still trying to like kind of unpack it all. I think, but. It was weird because like we before we even met the social worker like to hand me off like we ran to walmart and she bought me some new like basketballs and footballs and stuff she's like don't tell them and i'm like all right bet <laughs> like whatever <laughs> it doesn't really matter at this point but right. um i ended up with um, my now my parents who who adopted me three years later like, okay uh, so like the reason i ended up where i ended up was because during all that time me living with my aunt and uncle my mom had my little brother um you know essentially my half brother um, so, you know, we're about nine and a half, ten years apart. Um, and somewhere in the mix there, I stopped talking to her, actually. Because we used to have, like, visitation, we'd have phone mm -hmm. calls, things of that nature. Keeping in touch. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know why I am the way I am sometimes, but um, sometime, sometime around 11, I realized that she was holding me back in some way. And that, Your mom? Yeah, like you could just like the conversation she would have with me at the time, and like I said, she's much better now. Yeah. Um, but at the time, they're kind of manipulative. Like she was, she was trying to figure out more about my aunt than she was about how I was doing and, and things of that nature. Um, so I actually, I told the courts that I wanted to, uh, and this was in like a counseling session. But I was like, yo, I want to terminate my mom's rights. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, they deemed that I was mature enough to make that decision. You know, through counseling and stuff. And you're old. Um, about 10 and a half, 11, Damn. right? And then I didn't speak to her again until I was about 23. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I went from being mama's boy to having yeah. like no relationship with her. Um, but I was blessed. Like the home I ended up with, um, my little brother, you know, I couldn't have a better, like close-knit family that just like loved on me like I was their mm -hmm. own from day one. Um, still, you know, obviously parented me and, you know, were hard on me when they needed to be, but they were also encouraging when they yeah. needed to be. And they really set me up for success, right? So they adopted me when I was around 14. Um, but it was it was also weird because I ended up in a super small town of like 200 people. That is small, and I, yeah. and I'm a very big personality. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I never like touched the basketball in my like I played a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, but football and baseball had always been my my main sports. And then I moved to this town that doesn't have football, which was my favorite at the time. Hmm. And so I picked up basketball, and I hated being bad at it. 
You know what I mean? Like I was athletic. Yeah. And I was tall for my age. I freaking suck. <laughs> and so. But you're tall. I thought that was a rule. I know. Like you're supposed to be good right <laughs> out the gate, right? But I was that kid that takes off running down the court, dribbling, and everybody yells no. They're like, no, don't, like, don't stop, pick it up. <laughs> yeah. But um, I hated being bad at it. So like my dad put a floodlight in the backyard for okay. me, and I and I grew up on a gravel dirt pad shooting hoops till 2 a.m. Just trying to figure it out. And uh, you know I ended up graduating, like obviously staying in that small town and blessed with some success in high school we had a really good run um, and I, I had a good career but you know I just all kind of went from there and you know I've I've mended bridges with certain family members since then we've hashed things out like you know I'm, I'm 26 now yeah so kind of process things, things have yeah. changed of course um, and I'm a father myself you know I got two kids under two so you, you kind of look at things a little differently yeah but you know obviously I, I don't think I would have the tools and like the mindset I have today to like overcome adversity in a day-to-day -day, like whenever it comes to you know sometimes like you could be doing a really really good job right and then certain people don't vibe with you <laughs> or yeah. you, you know what I mean oh, or, yeah. or um, certain people go out of their way like they think they need to tear down somebody else's building to build theirs up right which isn't my mindset at all but um, it, it makes it so much easier to handle those things because they seem so small, like it just doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, there's a bit, bit bigger things to, to worry about than oh my gosh, any yes. argument. Yeah, or... I, I have nothing. Like when I wake up in the morning, there's stress. You know what I mean? Like all I do is train. My wife's a stay-at-home mom. Like our whole income is built on whether or not I can have a successful business in the day-to-day. Yeah. -day. yeah, you know what I mean. Is that a, does that does that sort of pressure? And I, I mean, it seems like that obviously fuels you gotcha. versus some who, who yeah. may who may and it's, not uh, not handle it yeah. as well. And the thing is, is it's all intrinsic. Like I couldn't care less. If like I'm not that guy who's out to prove somebody mm -hmm. wrong or out to show so and so that I can make it. Like for me, it's like. I took out that safety net on purpose because I yeah. knew I'd work harder. And I was like, you know what? I got oh, three yeah. mouths to feed at home. I got bills to pay. Let's see if I really got what I think I got. I always seem to work better and, and, and harder uh, when I when I light mm -hmm. a fire under my own ass when I'm in this exactly. when, when I'm in this manic mm -hmm. kind of you know uh, make more desire less. You know, um, and I mean, how do you think that that the the clear challenges? that you had to face, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in your youth, and then on top of, uh, of the pressure that you have now, how's that affected your sort of mentality over, you know, in the essence of, of what it takes to be successful? Right. Um, I refuse to fold. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be stupid yeah, and bang my head against... Yeah, an option. Kind exactly. Of, yeah. like, I'm not going to be stupid and bang my head against the wall. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to look at things from 10,000 feet up because at the end of the day, this is just one small thing. Right. Like, no matter how big it seems. And I think that's honestly, like, that in a nutshell. Like, that's what it takes, in my opinion. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm going to learn something tonight that's going to help me be better tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, ideally. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, e Even not, in this process. Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I got it all figured out. Right. Right. Um, but I am going to sit here and tell you that I will figure it out. And that's because like I refuse to let anything else happen. Yeah. Now you're you're involved in 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 the pure sweat, right? Um, and I, I mean, like I told you in my email, I'm not a sports guy anymore <laughs> these days. I was when I was that's a kid. Fair. Yeah. Um, but I, I would assume that being involved with this organization mm -hmm. and, and you, it seems to be more of an exclusive one. Mm -hmm. uh, you've had to build the right relationships. Hundred percent. Uh, to to achieve that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what what would be some of sort some of your insight? 
into uh, the people who are, who are looking to to network right. and build the proper relationships in a business that takes them to that next level mm -hmm. versus kind of plateauing at where everyone else is. I think it all started like uh, I think it all started with the mindset of I always have something to learn. Like that's literally I'm about to tell you like how I even got with Pure Sweat to begin with. Okay. Because I did some training in Colorado. And I was, you know, around some really good coaches out there and I tried to do my own thing mm -hmm. on the side. But when I moved back to Missouri is when the Pure Sweat thing happened. And it wouldn't have even happened at all. For for those listening, right, and including myself, yeah. uh, uh, can you just give a little before continuing a little yeah, summary yeah what pure sweat is yes. yeah just to so pure clarify. sweat was started by drew hanlon who is from st louis okay and drew um very successful basketball player at webster groves high school in st louis ended up playing division one at belmont was a great player but he started training at a young age like at 16. he knew he like you want to talk entrepreneurs like he knew he, what he wanted to do at that age like he wanted to be a professional de development coach so like he pursued his basketball goals yeah. like with a collegiate career and things. Yeah, almost systematically. But on the side, he was selling drill books at coaches clinics. <laughs> and he was working out you know, players that were younger than him. It's sometimes, like the master salesman yeah. who, who can sell you anything, but yeah. he also can sell you a exactly. book on how to sell. Sometimes, sometimes he was training guys older than him. His first NBA client he got when he was still playing college ball. Oh, wow. And you know, it was David Lee, who was originally from St. Louis. And at the time, David Lee was with the Warriors. Right, and Drew told him, you know, I'll train you for free, and you know, if you get that all-star nod that you're wanting to get, you make the all-star team, give me your bonus. Hmm. Well, David Lee's bonus ended up being a little too big, but he, he paid him really well. Right? <laughs> well, and that's, now, I mean, that's one of the ways that, right. you know, that's very recommended to, to get your foot in the door is, is to work for free. You know? Yeah, and and so and it's funny because Drew always talks about how David Lee's teammates would give David crap for mm -hmm. training with Drew. Like, what are you doing training with this little white kid that yeah. plays at Belmont? <laughs> but Drew knew his stuff, and he knew it, and he continued working at it every day. It's not like he ever sat on his laurels and, and thought yeah. he had it figured out. Um, he's been training Jason Tatum since Jason was, I think, around 11 or 12. Hmm. I don't remember exactly. Jason is now, like, one of the best players in the NBA. Um, he's been training Bradley Beal since Brad was 13. Brad is now a two-time All-Star. Um, he trains Joel Embiid, which whether or not you follow the NBA, it's probably a name you know, right? <laughs> like Drew, to me, and, and this is up for debate at the end of the day, and he's my big brother, so like I'm gonna be a little biased, but I've been following Drew since he was featured on Alan Stein's YouTube channel. Mm. And Alan Stein is a well-known writer, well-known um, physical trainer, performance trainer, whatever you want to call him, um, with like speed and agility and strength and things of that nature. But I want to say that was back in 2012 that I started watching Drew's YouTube videos. So like I've always looked up to Drew. Yeah. And whenever I moved back here, um, I didn't even know that other people could be a part of Pure Sweat. But I found a, a guy um, out of St. Louis, Alex Bazell, and he was the first one I noticed on Twitter. And I was like, it says he's with Pure Sweat. And I kind of looked into it a little bit. I was like, that's cool. You know, he works with Drew. I wonder how that happened. So I I straight DM'd him. I reached out to him. And I was like, you know, hey, you know, I've always loved what Drew does. Um, you know, my daughter's about to be born, so I'm taking a break from coaching myself for a couple months. But I would love to come out there, be a fly on the wall, rebound, pass, do whatever you need me to do for free, and just kind of watch you do what you do and maybe pick your brain a little bit. Well, I bugged him a couple of times about that. Like, I didn't just let one DM right, yeah. To his credit, he replied kinda, to kinda me. Being, being persistent. Yeah. To his credit, he replied to me. And then he calls me on a Sunday. And this is when we were living with my parents. My wife was due to give birth any day. 
and I was working for a landscaping company, right? And he calls me on a Sunday, we chop it up for a couple hours at that Sunday night. He's like, listen, you know, I like what I'm hearing from you. Um, tomorrow, I'm heading down to Oklahoma City. Gonna be there through Friday. I'm training Trey Young, who this was before his freshman year at Oklahoma. And Trey ended up doing like record-breaking things as a freshman. Got drafted this last year in the top five by the Atlanta Hawks, is having a great rookie season. He's like, I'm going down to train Trey. I'm going down there to train Doug McDermott, who at the time was playing for the Oklahoma City mm -hmm. Thunder. Right now he plays for the Pacers. Um, you're welcome to come through if you want, right? He's like, I already got a couple other guys coming to help me, so you have to sleep on the floor, but it's your, it's your decision. Right. My next phone call was the landscaping company asking for the week off. They told me no, as they probably should have. I told him I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not lying to you. Like, I know what I want to do. Right. Did not make any sense at the time. I'm about to have a kid. Right. Back to the giving up sustainability to oh, my goodness. pursue passion. But man, like, I know what I want. Though. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? My mom and dad were pissed. <laughs> but I'm not like, listen, and here's the thing. It was for free. It was, in fact, it was a, at a deficit because right. I had to pay gas, I had to pay freaking Oklahoma like tolls yeah. on 44. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had to sleep on a floor. And I kept my phone in my pocket, my my watch on all day, every day. I drove separate to every gym, just because like if my wife went into labor, I had to be ready to leave at yeah. a moment's notice. Um, and then like thankfully I got back. Whenever I got back, it was 1 a.m. Um, that day, the day I returned, and my wife went into labor at four. Oh wow! So yeah. it worked out. Yeah, that, that, it was a long couple days. <laughs> I was yeah. tired, but it worked out. Um, and what that taught me, and what I've continued to remind myself the last like couple years since that happened was it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to be scalable, right? And it can be for free. It can be for nothing. Oh yeah. It can be for next to nothing. You, you, never, you never know that uh, but what the, I the wanna, next door yeah, that will unlock. What I want to give myself is opportunities, right? And the more opportunities I give myself, the more I'm sure I can take advantage of for at least sure. one or two of them. So whether or not you, whether or not you mess with basketball, it doesn't matter. Right, right? oh yeah. It's just- That, that logic applies everywhere. Like, a, I would never encourage anybody to try to run a business uh, like that they didn't love. Like never, I, I'm not in, listen, I don't know everything, but I'm not about to do something just because you tell me it could make good money. Right. Um, I'm gonna do something that I love thoroughly. Like, because I wanna, I wanna know that whenever push comes to shove and things get tough, I love it enough that I'm still gonna push through. Yeah, to, to keep, you know keep I mean? committed to it. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be really hard to tell myself to do what I just said and to do this, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, to, to, really to, to ditch work to go to a, yeah. a gardening convention. Yeah, exactly, right? And, and like, my mom and dad at the time, because, you know, they have a very different background. They both are retired from the post office now, and they worked for the post office for over, like, around 30 years each. Mm -hmm and have really good retirements, they're very frugal. Um, you know, they have a little bit of entrepreneurship DNA as well, like they ran a greenhouse business on the side. Um, but, you know, they believe in that stable income that makes sense to support your family, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, you know, it didn't, I think now they're starting My to come around. The exact like every, way, yeah. every time they talk to me now, like I can kind of tell like they're proud of me and, and, and all that. And I, I've always known they supported me. But they were also worried, right? It's, it's that much kind of that breaking the norm. Yeah, that were conditioned to you well, know uh, go to college, get a job, get married, have kids. You <laughs> right. know, their grandbabies are on the line. Right. You know, you speak of college, right? Um, yeah, I was, I was a very good student. Right. You know, grades. I don't actually think grades are indicative of intelligence. Mm -hmm. But like, I came out of high school with a twenty-nine AC, ACT. Mm -hmm. um, I had a four point five in high school. I had a three point eight in college, and I still didn't finish my degree. 
because it ended up not making sense. Yeah. That was whenever I decided I didn't want to teach and I wasn't going to continue doing something unless I knew I wanted to do it. So I pressed pause. I haven't pressed play because <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a degree to be a basketball trainer. I, I just yeah, need to, right, yeah. you know what I do is I watch a lot of film. I still study from other coaches. Especially with that being something yeah. so, so innate. Right. And I know. still like last, last year, like, um, I spent time in Chicago and Los Angeles with Drew, learning from him as he would train his NBA clients. Um, so like I'm still investing in myself. That's my education. Right. You know what I mean? And those trips are usually at a deficit too. Like I'm A, I'm leaving my clients here. Oh yeah. You know, so I'm not making money doing what I would normally do. And B, you know, I got to hop on a flight. I got to go stay yeah, with show somebody. Cash and, and exactly. Yeah. Right. But it's all worth it. Yeah. It can count as an investment. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Right. It'd be no different than going to like a lot of coaches go to the final four for the same reason, because they get to network with college coaches. And there's always a coach's social. Right. Right. For me, I'm going to go yeah, rub rubbing shoulders with the right yeah. people. And For me, I'm going to go rub elbows with one of the best trainers in the world who happens to train a plethora of NBA all-stars. And I'm going to rub elbows with those guys. Yeah. Because that's what I want to do. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, de definitely an investment in the... Uh future future of the business yeah, yeah and then sure. like i can always take what i learned from that and bring it to the players i work with here right right um and it, it's not a clout thing you know i think i think a lot of like people get it twisted because there's just with it, like any industry about any like this day and age right fluff the there's, resume. A, there's an awful lot of instagram trainers seeking clout and uh, looking for as many followers as they can and just yeah. trying to find that viral video that gets some clients and usually that involves like chasing jerseys like I'm not a jersey chaser, mm -hmm. right? I'm just as happy to train the fifth grader down the street as I am. To, well, their talents will eventually yeah. Yeah, out them for, yeah, for how, yeah. how good or bad but they I, are. But I look at that fifth grader the same way I look at the bear or lady bear that trusts me, right? Mm -hmm. Or the or the guy that's going and pursuing his dreams of playing overseas, you know, like as a professional athlete. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is important in every On top industry of being what you love to do versus just look out, yeah. out for money and yeah it's important in every industry though to like pull from the top there's that trickle down effect right oh yeah like you know basketball is my my venue or my avenue whatever you want to call it um it doesn't really matter like what industry you're in there's somebody at the top yeah figure out who that is pull from like it's all contextual to whatever you're doing right i'm not going to teach the fifth grader, the same thing that we worked on with Gordon Hayward, <laughs> but you know, um, I probably learned something right, from that workout with Gordon Hayward that I can pull from. Yeah. You know what I mean? If nothing else, it's maybe after the workout, the the way Drew Hanlon spoke to Gordon or spoke to you know the other guys he trains with, that secret sauce of building relationships that's so important, not just with coaching but with every industry. Like maybe that's what I learned. Maybe, right. I, maybe I don't learn a single thing that is actually basketball. Maybe I go out there and I learn how to do a better job building relationships and working behind the scenes for my clients. You know what I mean? Because there's so much of what we do that's not on the court. I, I might study film. Um, I'll, I'll use Alexa Willard for an example, right? And she, she's um, one of the top lady bears right now. They're in the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2001, you know? And um, she, uh, she's been having a great career already. She's just a junior and you know, before she started training with me, I watched every single one of her field goal attempts from the prior couple of years. She just started with me this last summer. Mm -hmm. So I watched her whole freshman season, her whole sophomore season, twice over. I want to see every field goal attempt. Yeah. Right. Thankfully, there's technology that helps me do that right. efficiently. <laughs> but um, it's like, what are you doing behind the scenes to help your clients? Right. Like that might be the 
the ROI of that trip. Right. Well, yeah, that's not, I mean, me going at, at yeah. someone with with a say, say I want to build a new website and, mm-hmm. and hitting them with everything that's wrong with their current yeah. <laughs> current yeah. site uh, yeah. in, in, a, in a professional, polite way to not offend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but yeah, that kind of what uh, showing what you can bring to the table and then proving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of speaking in regards to uh, obviously the players that you work with on the court. Right. You really have to. Uh, I, I assume. I mean, they're having to work work in a, in a team dynamic, and I think nowadays, um, and I mean, I, I'm guilty of this. I've mm-hmm. always done everything by myself. Um, any any venture, I've always did it by myself. It's a control thing. I'm a, right. I'm a control freak. Um, but how do you think it, it translates with how you're helping? You know, you're, you're helping these mm-hmm. kids, your your, yeah. your clients uh, perform better as a team. Mm-hmm. How do you think that applies to, I mean, life in general, but as well as, as in business and being a business owner? I mean, because, you know, t- you know the, the typical teamwork right. makes the dream work kind of, kind of, notion. <laughs> a lot of cliches are founded in truth. Right. Um, first thing I thought of as you were asking me that was know your role, mm-hmm. right? Um, I always remind players cause in my position, I end up being kind of that, that middleman between players and coaches, parents and coaches, coaches and club coaches, because you got high school coaches and AAU coaches, and sometimes yeah. they butt heads. Or, you, know, you never know. I uh, end up trying to be that guy in the middle. Um, I'm a, and like speaking along those lines, I'm a bit firm believer that the player's in the middle and anybody else in their life should be speaking the same voice in a circle around them, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the first thing I thought of was know your role, right? And then I always remind players that you know, odds are the current role you have is the role you earned, right? So if you didn't put in the necessary work to be a primary ball handler that can shoot threes off the dribble, your coach isn't gonna let you do that crap when the season rolls around. Right. You know what I mean? Um, if you can't defend kind of your shoot, position, shoot your strength. yeah. If you can't defend your position, like you're gonna get really good at sitting at the end of the bench, right? So it's just kind of like you earn the role you have. Um, one of the first things I always do whenever players come to me to train is I try to get a hold of their coach. I try to figure out what that role is. And I'm like, how, how can I help them be better at their role so that it helps you? Right? Like everything I believe in is like giving more value than I take. And I think part of that is having the context to be able to serve and to actually like adequately give them value. So I'm going to reach out to their coach and I'm going to be like, what, what is like Jimmy need? to make your system work. Oh, yeah. you, you guys run a mover blocker offense? Okay, cool, which part of that does he use? Okay, great, like what's he good at? Okay, cool, I wanna triple down on his strengths because I know that's why he has this role. We're gonna chip away at his strengths and make them, instead of him being good at it, we're gonna make him freaking great at it. That's gonna be 80% of our time. I'm gonna take 20% of our time roughly and work on those weaknesses, okay? So now listen, Jimmy, we're spending a lot of time on your strengths, okay? <laughs> we're tripling down on those. I need you to buy into that because that's what's gonna like, you already have this role, okay? I know you've got this other role in mind that you wanna like move up the ladder, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe you wanna move up the ladder with your company or maybe like what have you, like in your industry, you you wanna get more recognition, whatever it is, taking what you're currently good at, tripling down on it and being freaking great at it, right? And then spending that excess time that you have, that other 20% working towards the role that you want in the future. Okay, so like that's the first thing I thought of when you asked me that. Is I'm like, okay, like you want to be a good teammate, then take your role and be freaking great at it, right? Quit being selfish and thinking about the next role. Be where yeah. your feet are. You know what I mean? Yeah, but where you aren't. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then um, 
I guess like to, to do that, like you really have to have that context, right? So for us, it's not always like your typical training where everything's gonna be ball in your hands. Like, oh, we're just working on shooting or ball handling or moves or what have you. Like a lot of the games play without the ball in your hands. Okay, so it'd be, I would liken that to, you know, it's easy for us to think about the main parts of our job or, or of our role, right? right? But what are the ancillary things that help us do that role better? Oh, I need to actually play defense too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I should work on it as well. Right. right? Be not, like, so basically, like, what are those core things that are part of your role, that are part of your job description, that are kind of falling to the wayside because you're focusing too much on this? Right. Right. So I guess just like that's part of it too. Tripling down on your role is just like understanding it thoroughly and not just highlighting one or two things that are sexy and that are cool and that yeah. like this is what I want to do the most because I'm passionate about it. You gotta like be willing to help your team and work on the rest of it. Yeah, kind of kind of that, that necessary right. sacrifice. Now, the other thing is like every single workout, I ask about a thousand questions because I want to make sure our players aren't memorizing. I want to make sure they're learning, right? And I think that's something that any leader should probably take to heart. Like I want my players that work with me to be active in their development, mm -hmm. to be active in their job. Yeah, always progressing. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like it's not on me. Like in fact, like I don't want to micromanage. So like one of my biggest things is once I make sure I'm not speaking a different language and that you understand the one or two or three key like talking points or teaching points to what it is we're working on that day. Once I know we're on the same page and you've gotten a chance to feel it, I'm gonna let you run with it. So like our workouts are really fast paced and they're really messy, but I'm not gonna sit there and overcoach them. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna step in and let them hear my voice whenever they could be getting reps. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like I want you to fail fast, okay? I want you to accrue or tally up those failures, and as long as you're doing, them with, doing that with intention and with purpose, then I'm going to trust you freely that you're learning from those failures Therefore, you're probably gonna fail less often. That's a process, that takes trust. I said trust freely, I, I always freely give trust. Mm -hmm. You're gonna earn losing it, but you don't have to earn my trust. Right. You could be a stranger, I'm, a, I'm gonna trust yeah, you from a good, day uh, one. Good, good mentality to have. A thousand percent, like why, why else? Like why wouldn't I? Like I firmly believe in human beings. Right, like why would you well, ever want to step nowadays, in Nowadays, social media, everything kind of births the, uh, the cynic in all of us. Yeah, I think if, if that's what you look for. Right. Yeah, I think social media gives you what you look for. Yeah. It's a mirror. Yeah, and if you're not having fun, yeah. you're not using it right. If I log in looking for negativity, I, I'm gonna find oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But if I log in looking for positivity, you bet it's, it's yep. there. It's there in, in waves, right? Absolutely. Um, so I just kind of approach my workouts that way where I'm gonna freely trust them to work through those mistakes. I'm gonna be in their ear so they learn from it. Right. I want them to, to have the context though. And they don't get the context if they don't get to get in there and get dirty and, and make mistakes, right? And then I always remind them, I'm like, listen, the flip side of that coin, the reason we train this way is because you're never gonna play a basketball game, you're never gonna have a work day that doesn't have mess, that doesn't have mistakes. Yeah. We gotta learn how get to overcome them, yeah. We gotta navigate that adversity. You know what I mean? Like, why would I try to make your workout perfect when your game's not gonna be perfect? You still gotta win the possession. You still gotta win the game. And that's just firmly what I believe in. I think, honestly, like that right there, like from the leadership role, like, you know, if you got anybody that works under you or even colleagues that are your peers that work with you, right? Approaching it with that mindset, it's, it's gotta be helpful. Right. Like, I gotta imagine Absolutely. that. I gotta imagine that that translates to every industry. Um, and then like knowing your role and, and, and taking pride in, you know, mm -hmm. contributing to the team. You know, you can still be looking at it from 10,000 feet up 
with your big picture goals. Right. But if you don't do what you're supposed to do right now, how the heck are you ever going to get there? Right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I don't know. I think I, I feel like that would help develop teams. Like if just more if more people would just have that mentality. Yeah. Right? Which is kind of cliche. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, they, they, they ring from truth, right? I mean, okay. Anyways, he was watching one of my Instagram lives where I was just doing Q&As and like I would do a question sticker ahead of time so that I had some like questions in the bank ready yeah. to answer and then as people trickled in I would answer their questions and he happened to be one of them and then he DM'd me and he was like, hey man, I've been taking notes like this whole Instagram, See? This yeah. whole Instagram live has been fire. Um, you know, shoot me an email, let's hop on a call. I shoot him an email, he's like, hey, we have these training camps that we do like X amount of weekends in the summer and regularly have 120, 150 players, I want you to be a guest elite trainer. So like this weekend, I'm going to Indiana. Oh, cool. To go train 120 kids on Saturday. Right. <laughs> and then um, on Sunday, I'll turn around and do a clinic in St. Louis. But what? it's like we were talking about, like I, I try to build connections with coaches for right. that reason, not just so they can send me the one or two random players. Sometimes it ends up being gym time. Like, you know, I'll shout out Coach Worley here in Springfield. Like, I get to use New Covenant Academy because I'm working out some of his players mm -hmm. at a discounted rate, and he's hooking me up with the gym space. Yeah. Um, one sometimes, the other. sometimes it's simply, like you said, like giving them content, giving them drill ideas that they can take and use for their team. Yeah, I their think. Team get better, and then they scratch your back. <laughs> right. I, I think. Yeah, I man. think uh, a step as far as the brand. Yeah. Right. If it was building out a newsletter, an email list. That I mean, you, you know, no matter how you went about getting the emails, obviously, whether right. it was a form on your website, right. getting in those DMs, and then sending out the drills, the tips that are, and, and that that these coaches can try and practice. Then right. all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's a successful practice. You know, mm -hmm. it's a successful drill. This helped. And that that one ups that credibility, ups your brand recognition right. of 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 who you are and how good you are, at what you do, um, and then obviously yeah. increasing the brand exposure. And then mm -hmm. these coaches, like you said, that that relationship with them is so important for them to send kids your way. But then eventually, you know, you get to a certain level of that email list. You could even adapt it to uh, a paid tier, where where say. Um, you know, for a dollar, you know, a dollar a week, a dollar mm -hmm. a newsletter, a dollar a month, whatever. You know, it's something right. minimal right. Um, that that helps support the brand. But then they get these these certain drills or something mm -hmm. like that um, that the others aren't. No, and, and, and I, I, I yeah. can imagine in such a competitive uh, you know um, sport, mm -hmm. uh, someone having that that leg up, yeah. literally from from a you know a, an esteemed you know pure sweat right. coach. That, that they're getting these drills that so-and-so, a rival school didn't just go and download off the internet from a PDF. Exactly. Um, would be worth the $5 a month or you know something no, like that. I would that. imagine, yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes nothing but sense to me because there's already like, it's it's a proven blueprint. Like People have already done it. Right, like, yeah, absolutely. There's a reason it works, right? Um, it's probably where I'm failing the most. Like, and it's, it's like, just I'm a, a valuable about, commodity. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm talking about how we can always get better, right? And it's funny because some of the other Pure Sweat coaches will call me late at night and they're like, dude, like, what are you doing to like make all this Instagram content? And I'm like, bro, I'm working. Right. Like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> creating but content them, is a completely yeah. daily, a oh, daily my thing. Goodness. Yeah. But I give them advice and say, but it'd be no different. Like I can give them advice on that because I'm working at it. But like I said earlier, like I can't let the other things fall to the side. The newsletter is something that I should be doing. The only thing, like I have an email list of, uh -huh. of um, prior clients, like just saves it into the yeah. database. The only thing I use that crap for is to let people know when my next event is, right. which is 
I posted, I did like freeze frames and slow motions with annotations as to the micro skills that yeah. helped him do that move and the reads. The well, that's read. even something you could push push to a Literally, to an email list. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it'd be no different. It'd be no different than you know showing the coach something from Fast Model, which is like lets you draw up plays mm -hmm. and just sending it to him and be like, hey, here's a great drill that we like to do for contested finishing. Here's the progressions to it. Here's why. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And here's how you can make it contextual to your offense. Tweak this, this, or this. You know, make it contextual to your business. Yeah. Tweak this, this, or this. For sure. <laughs> right. Well, Dakota, I want to thank you for sitting down with me today. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'd like to kind of give you this opportunity for any sort of final thoughts, as well as where mm -hmm. everyone listening can, can find you online. Right. Um, well, first and foremost, they can find me puresweat417.com. Um, and then at Coach Dakota Webb. Um, that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, but as far as final thoughts go, it's, you know, you can ignore everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just want people to take a good hard look at what it is they're doing. If there's anything that they're unhappy about, they can change that, right? I'm not a very big believer in complaints. Um, I, I definitely have, I definitely make them myself. I'm not per like perfect by any means. Um, my wife tries to keep me straight whenever I get in those, <laughs> in those mindsets. But basically I would just encourage people that like, there's zero reason to deal with that unhappiness. You don't have to do what I did and jump ship and like rip out your safety nets and try to, you know, you know, risk it all for what you want. Like you can be smarter about that. You know, it might not even be a, like running a business. It might just be, uh, maybe you want more free time. You know what I mean? So maybe you need to get this position to be able to earn that, like more time off. Or or maybe you want uh, more income, so you need to move up the ladder yeah. with what it, like, whatever. Yeah, we all have career path yeah, or we all have asking that, that boy or girl out. Yeah. Or I'm, not here to, I'm not here to judge you. And so I would encourage you not to judge yourself, right? You're gonna have those bad days. We're gonna all have bad reps. As long as we attack, not approach, attack each day with that purpose, that intention, and we get something out of it, we don't just get through it. You know, I think, don't judge yourself, because you're moving forward. Well said, thanks for coming in. Appreciate you.